Hey guys, this is Chris. And this is Dustin, and we're with Sanctus Real. And we'd like to welcome you to the podcast with our friends, Ted and Jared. We were fortunate enough to spend some time on the front lines with Ted in Nicaragua. And we know you'll be blessed by what these guys have to say. So welcome to Flawed Clay. If you look at 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, the Bible describes love and it says love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Flawed Clay with Ted Rogers. Ted, it's always good to talk to you, brother. How are you doing, sir? Jared, thank you for having me again. It's it's always a pleasure to share time with you as well. Well, as you mentioned, I'm Jared Easley, and it's always fun for me to get a chance to, to talk with you and hear about what God's doing down there in Nicaragua and, and through the ministry. And uh, today's verse is 1 John 4, 8. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So Ted, as we like to start out, We've read our verse here, First John 4, 8, and I'd like to hear you know, what that means to you and kind of go from there. Well, this is just something that like my wife and I have been chewing on recently and uh, something that the staff and I talked about a couple weeks ago and just really starting off with the basics of who God is and who God calls us to be. And obviously, we want to reflect God. We want to reflect Christ. So how are we going to do that unless we know who he is and how he is? And I think that passage just clearly lays out who God is because God is love. It says at the end of verse eight there. And if you look at first Corinthians 13, four through eight, the Bible describes love and it says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And just how awesome is that? Amen. Just a beautiful description of Jesus. And... Wow, if we could just be a little bit more like 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, how that would change our world and those around us. What are some things that you've learned about love now that you're you know, no longer in St. Louis and you're down there in Hinatepe? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit different. I think in the States, love is shown through giving through things, through materialistic things. And what I've noticed here is this culture, love is shown through relationship, through time, through spending time with one another. And it's a beautiful thing. I think it's actually has shown me probably how much the culture I came from is off. But you see a whole different dynamic with family and community here. 
they really, really get it. And so I'm learning that, you know, the way that I've been loved and I've kind of grown to love was really off. And I'm really enjoying, you know, my wife and I were speaking just last night about how busy our schedule is with being in community and but yet how much we loved to be in community with those people. And when we were in the States, we were involved in a church and a small group and certain things. But, you know, probably three days a week, three evenings a week was enough. You know, you had your church on Sunday, some type of serving throughout the week and your Bible study group or your gospel community or your small group. And that was like, that's hitting the brim. Everybody's like, wow, I'm so busy. I do this three nights a week. And here it's, you know, nearly five, six, sometimes seven nights a week that we get at that. And it's really changed the way that I see how people need to be loved and what healthy love is. Ted, uh, what do you say is healthy love? Well, I think that first Corinthians spells it for us. Healthy love is patient. It's kind, does not envy, does not boast. It takes healthy love is removes pride from you. It's loving. It's not self-seeking. It's about giving. It's about forgiving. It's about celebrating the truth with one another. It's about protecting one another. And it's about persevering through that. And, and I love at the end, it just says love never fails. And so basically, if you're loving people really well, you just can't go wrong. And, you know, then I think about what that love is. And, you know, the greatest expression of God's love for us is communicated in the famous passage, John three sixteen, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And that is love where you could give up your child to offer somebody something is just mind blowing, you know, which kind of runs off of Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, that's a pretty amazing love, my friend. And so I really am been focusing on that and that first Corinthians because it that passage lays out a lot. And Really, if I look at those words in that passage, it can bring me back to a reality that I still have a lot of work to do. Ted, what what are some things that you feel like you you have to work on? I mean, and the reason I say that is, is there'd be some people that say, well, Ted's given up, you know, all these things to go and serve in Nicaragua. And, you know, we hear through the podcast about, you know, what, what God's teaching you and stuff. And, you know, so some people might say, well, Ted, you know, he seems like he's doing okay. So it's interesting to, to say, well, no, there's a lot of stuff here that needs to be worked on. Well, what we should do is have a full episode with my wife, Kelly. <laughs> we should do that. We will do that. And we will do that. You know, it's. Interesting in the timing of this. This was also on our plate yesterday or the day before. And it's part of the reason why this show is called Flawed Clay. 
the Lord is still working on me and I'm broken. I am flawed. And we were just talking about one of the big things that comes up for my wife and others is that I can be a little too direct and it's a flaw in me. I have a lot of passion and a deep love for people and for the gospel. My communication of that is not good sometimes. So, you know, it's something (laughs) I need to work on. You know, Kelly will tell you that I can be harsh or brash. And we had a two hour discussion about this the other night where that's not my heart or my intention. And I'm trying to work on that and figure that out where that comes from, how I can ask God to eliminate that and to change that where people can see me coming from a loving place. And, and I'm, you know, I don't want to be too hard on myself because there are people that can see that, but I think there's also times when I don't communicate with enough love. And so that's one of the big things that I've been really asking God to help me with recently. So Ted, being that you're in a leadership role there, you are in positions where, you know, you're saying you want to communicate with love. Uh, And then there's sometimes where that communication needs to be direct, that communication needs to be concise. And so I'm just curious about that balance for you of, of showing love, but also when things need to get done or something is serious and you need to address it, you know, what's that balance for you? Yeah, it's tough. And so I'm dealing with two different cultures. So that makes it interesting too. I need to remember which culture I'm dealing with at that time. And, and ultimately, as I said, it's still, I think always, no matter what culture you're, you're communicating with, right? Obviously the scripture says, you know, God is love and we need to operate in that. So what does a healthy love look like in good times and in tough conversations? And I find myself being able to be a little more forward or direct with North Americans than you can with the locals here in Nicaragua. Culturally, you're just not too direct when there's things when there's conflict type things. So it makes it really, I've been learning quite a bit and failing even more over the last few years on how to deal with conflict. And so does that, any of that sound <laughs> like it would be a struggle? <laughs> yeah, it does. I, I, I want to ask, and, and it's okay if, if you prefer not to go there, but I'm just curious if you can tell a specific example that's not, you know, throwing anyone under the bus or whatever, but just sharing a story where, you know, you had to address something and, and this applied. Yeah. You know, I would use more rather than like a local situation. I would just say conversations, maybe this is the big thing. And and this is what I continue to learn is it's life changing to go on a developing world or a third world mission trip for the first time. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure you can relate to that. Do you remember your first developing world or third world mission trip? I do. And so it's really impactful. And so I'll just use an example. And this isn't a real example, but it's a very common thing on different levels is somebody will show up and then they'll just want to 
give them, give the locals everything they have. You just like, can you relate to that? You just kind of probably (laughs) wanted to empty out all your pockets and like take off your socks and shoes and your shirt and just give it to this poor person, right? No, you feel compelled to want to try to help. And for some people, they think that's how they can help. And Yeah. And so it's a really great thing, you know, that that conviction lies there, but it's not always the best thing just to start handing things out. And this is probably one of our bigger battles that we have. And it's just, it's honestly training people and loving them. And I'll use an example that really kind of hits more to a reality situation. We had somebody come down before and that was that we do a little orientation and say, please be mindful of this. These are things that we don't want you to do. And this is why, and this is what it can produce. And these are the things that we want you to focus on. And so we just kind of walk through and try to train people. And that's done even before they come down any of the volunteers. But we had somebody handing out money, which is against one of our rules. And I was in on that conversation and the, our director here, and we really tried to just communicate why it wasn't wrong and please not to do it again. But see, we know the people in our community and we know the people that have received that money. And, and we know that there's some poor families. And if the man of the house or the husband of the house gets any money, he's going to run out and get drunk and come home and maybe beat his wife. Mm. And, you know, people don't think about that when they come into country. They just think, oh, look at this poor family. We'll give them money without knowing the story of the family or certain things. And this didn't happen that we know of that, you know, we don't know that that actually played out, but it is a scenario And so a lot of those hard conversations and love just comes with us trying to train our volunteers and our partners of what it looks like to serve our ministry and to serve our community in in a healthy way. And But still, those conversations are tough. And I know that I've had some of those conversations and probably on their end, it hasn't come out that I showed a real loving manner of doing that. (laughs) Um, But I honestly, on my end, I was like, I'm thinking I worked as hard as I could to share that with a loving message. And I've gotten feedback like you were really harsh. And I'm like, oh, no, God help. Let me repent for that. That's not my heart. So there's my example for you. (laughs) Uh Okay, so Ted, I'm going to flip this and then we'll we'll close it out here. But I I was thinking about, okay, for the people that aren't in Nicaragua and they're not experiencing what you're experiencing, can you give, I know this may seem a little silly, but can you give some practical examples of of love, of that honest love that you're talking about that, that people can apply in their everyday life now? Yeah, well, so I want to, I kind of want to cover two things on that. So we'll do that. And then if we can come back to what it looks like to serve and some resources there, that would be good too. Because 
you know, I, I, I'd love for people to be prepared to come down, but just, I think the very simple, the simple part of that is, is loving somebody well is forgiveness and somebody that knows how to serve well. I think somebody that will drop their pride and be a servant and also will be forgiving is like a really loving person. And I say that because I don't know if I've told you this before, but I've met one man in my life that really exemplifies Jesus that I've looked at for many years and said, wow, this man mirrors Jesus. And that's my grandfather. He's still alive and he's in his early 90s and he lives right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. I got to visit him in December, him and my grandmother. And they were both missionaries in Africa in the 50s. Wow. And amazing. They have an amazing story. He still serves in the local church, and but he is so patient. He's always complimenting somebody and he's so forgiving. He's dealt with so much in his life. I've never met a man with so much forgiveness. And you look at that first Corinthians scripture, first Corinthians 13, four through eight. And I see all this in him and he prays this way. And it's, it's just beautiful. So that's what I'm going to say is my, I'm going back to my answer is first Corinthians 13, four through eight, how you love somebody. Well, is just like that. It's described in God's word. So that's it. (laughs) (laughs) The other part is, you know, I recommend, and it, you know, obviously the Bible is the number one book to go with the answers for everything, but a really good book and everybody's heard of it, but I don't think everybody's really read it is when helping hurts. And it's not the best, I'm not going to say it's the best book, but when helping hurts walks through a little bit of what it looks like and some of the successes and some of the failures on what it looks like to serve even your local community. Um, Because there's people, I use this example to some of the people that come and visit. I say, okay, if you're in your city and Jared, what's your city? I know you're in South Florida somewhere. Well, we live in Coral Springs, but that's close to Fort Lauderdale. So Jared, if you're in Coral Springs and you're heading to Fort Lauderdale and you get into downtown and at the corners, a guy holding a sign and it says, you know, need work. I need work. And, you know, I don't know your financial situation today, but let's say you're a millionaire. Okay. Let's just pretend. Does that feel good? (laughs) Why not? Okay. (laughs) And you pull over and you feel compelled to help this guy. You're like, oh man, he needs work. You know, you can tell that he's really struggling and you pull out your checkbook and you write a check for $30,000 to Fort Lauderdale Ford so he can go buy a car. Now you think that's, you say here, buddy, now you have a car and you know, I'm giving you a hundred dollars for gas and you know, you drive off and you're like, wow, I just did a wonderful thing, but you never asked the guy if he had a driver's license. You know, so this is kind of the basic thing of, you know, 
the next week, you know, the guy goes and buys the car and then he drives off and he's in jail because he was driving without a license. So, you know, these are the types of things that people don't think about. They see the need and they just try to fill a gap without knowing the story. And I think that's why ministry always starts with personal relationship. My encouragement on that is, and nobody wants to do it, but how about just taking time out of your day and taking that guy to lunch and finding his story and finding out through spending time with him what the best way to serve him is. Mm. Ted, you mentioned in the last episode about some opportunities for volunteers, and let's just take a moment to look at that again. You know, preparing to volunteer, and we know from the last episode some of the opportunities that that you guys have for volunteers. What can you add to that? Yeah, I know we're also, and I'm going to try to get our executive director from Arms of Love International on with us for an episode, but I know we're like in country. We're looking for like volunteers that will volunteer a little bit of time in the U.S. for the ministry. So they don't even have to go anywhere. But I know we're currently looking for somebody to help out with accounting. And it's only like a couple hours a week. And so that's an area we need somebody to help us with some fundraising ideas and events. Also, any type of government grants that we could possibly get. We're really in a place where the ministry has grown quite a bit in the last couple of years, but the resources have actually gone down a little bit. And that's a scary place to be, but we trust God and we trust his provision and that it's perfect and that in the perfect time, the resources that we need to, you know, for today and for the future will come and continue to come. Ted, we always like to start to wrap up with final thoughts. Uh, What are your final thoughts for today? Well, I don't have a lot for you tonight. It's hard for me to read that scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, and I'll probably be up most of the night thinking about that. And thank you for allowing me to talk about the things that I'm struggling with. (laughs) My wife is going to enjoy that. We'll get some more conversation. And I look forward to getting her on there as well. And, and then one of these days, I don't know how awesome it will be, but we're going to get Teddy on one of our shows with us because, you know, this I know, everybody loves Teddy. So <laughs> I may not be loved at the end of the day, but everybody loves my son. And it will probably be a hoot to have him talk with you a little bit. I appreciate you teasing some uh, some future possible episodes. So, but yeah, we we appreciate everything, uh, Ted. Of course, if people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, where can they go? Of course, you can always follow us day to day at on Facebook at Ted Kelly Teddy Rogers, and then also you can email me at Ted at armsoflove.org. And then also, if you want to check out what's happening, donate, sponsor a child get more information about the ministry, you will go to www.armsoflove.org. And we'd love for you to consider anything, any way that you could be part of the body serving the ministry here in Nicaragua. Uh, Ted, always a pleasure and uh, appreciate you uh, speaking in love tonight. Thank you. God bless you, brother. Thank you. He's the broken hearted Sets the captives free 
It walks an extra mile Even for your enemies This is love Subscribe to the podcast now to make sure you get every new episode of Flawed Clay.